right, what's up, everyone? I'm Cody. And my name is Roel. And you have made it to a brand new, fresh episode of your friendly neighborhood podcast, Psychobabble. Psychobabble. I think for you longtime listeners, you will notice that we sound like a thousand times better. Yeah, yeah. Some things have changed. And before we get into uh, the episode today, we need to do a little bit of housekeeping, yeah. maybe let's acknowledging just, some of those changes. Let's just check in. Yeah. I think a check and connect would be really nice. Or yeah. Like a moot check. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one to 10, feeling like a, probably like a seven right now. You? Yeah. Why? Tell me about that. Um, You know, I, I'm feeling good. I'm tired. Are you? It is um, a late night recording for us after hours. Sunday. Yeah. yeah we did just play a, a soccer game. So we did. Yeah. Yeah. You killed it's it. You got, got two goals. It's got me, got me feeling a little tired. Yeah. But, so, yes, for our babblers wait, wait, who... Wait. But are, well, you can ask me. To, no, I, I don't care about your day. <laughs> I know what your day was. I know. Well, I'm, a, I'm not a seven. Oh, you're not a seven? No. Where are you at? Um, I'm feeling more like a... Probably like an 8.5. I am 8. tired. 5. You know? But the Cowboys got the W. They did. I bet you you'd be at like an 8.5 if Carolina got the W. Yeah. Easily. Yeah, but, you know, it was a good day. We got to play soccer. I got to be back on the field with you. Yeah. And I was actually talking to some friends, a friend of the show, Sanyan, that's saying, anytime I'm around you, I always feel safer and I feel more comfortable and confident. So I think that translated. He says, I haven't seen you play that way ever. And I think it's because of you. Oh. And it's, like, it's like the cheerleader effect. Kind of. Kind or, of. I just but... feel safe. I know I'm going to put the ball where it needs to be and you're going to score. Yeah. yeah. It, that it works. Su- have that sweet assist. Yeah. Off yeah, my shout head. out. Off the noggin. Off the noggin. The old noggin. Yeah. It served me well this yeah. time. Comes in handy. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so back back to the business here. So yes, uh, if you have been babbling with us for any period of time, you might notice our sound is a little bit different. Uh, you might even notice that uh, you know some of the things we're putting out on social media look a little different. And that's because we are really excited to announce our podcast partnership with KZUM Lincoln. Uh, they are the local public radio station here in Lincoln, Nebraska, that has uh, very graciously um, picked us up and has allowed us to use their awesome resources. So shout out to KZUM Lincoln and KZUM HD, the brand new home of the Real Psychobabble podcast. We are super excited for this partnership. As he normally does, Cody did a thing behind my back and submitted the application and... Uh, the director right now, right? Program mm-hmm. director, uh, Ryan, really liked it. So we've been meeting with them over the past two weeks. And it's been awesome. I mean, the KZUM family is super friendly and super helpful. And it's just been really nice to be able to kind of, you know, upgrade. Yeah. Yeah, let me upgrade you. So this episode for us, we're calling it season 2.5 because up until this point, we had four previous episodes that we were uh, organizing under season two. But now, as we have joined forces with KZUM Lincoln, uh, things are going to change. We are, you know, like we just said, really excited about this opportunity. And it's really going to push us to create more content, to create things by including, like, people in our community, uh, really reinforcing the the mission of KZUM and then even our mission, too. So this episode, I think, is going to be a little bit of kind of a bridge from season two, but also a bridge for new listeners from KZUM listeners uh, to know a little bit more about who we are, where we're going with this podcast, what our mission is, 
and then kind of setting us up for things we'll talk about for the rest of the season. So with that, today we are talking very appropriately about origin stories. Um, For our babblers who have stuck with us for a while, you know that we are uh, pop culture savvy, pop culture nerds. We like pop culture. Yeah, Yeah. we uh, (laughs) together have probably watched an absurd amount of movies and television shows. Yeah. Um, specifically and more recently, superheroes. That's kind of our thing. I mean, it kind of feels like a lot of people are into the superhero Yeah, game. Yeah, it's not like... But I mean, I feel like I subscribe to DC Universe. You know, I like DC. Batman's my favorite. If you go to my office, there's everything. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you talk about superheroes, or anybody in general, really, but just the origin story, how did it all come to be, fascinates me. Yes. Yeah, and so that's really... Uh, our part one today is all about superhero origin stories, what an origin story is, how they're told, and how you, the listener, are like Raul and like those origin stories and what they mean for you. So um, something we talk about a lot that is really the the, the driving force behind our show um, and many shows like it is that um, humans have this kind of innate desire to understand more about the world, understand why things are happening, try and make sense of all the patterns and all the relationships among things. So um, I think that's like at the crux of what psychology is. And then thinking about origin stories for superheroes, there's a really interesting narrative that takes place because, you know, like I said, we're very curious and we want to understand each other and relate to people. But superheroes, I think on the surface especially ones, Batman's an unusual case, but if you think like Superman, for example, like you have someone who has these incredible powers that that it's kind of hard to really relate to and feel close to when you're just, you know, average Joe right. human being on Earth. But I think some people might be able to identify or at least kind of empathize with being an outsider into a new scenario, a new situation and and trying to figure out how your differences become um, can become your strength, right? Yeah. I mean, not the superhero, like superhuman strength, like it is a Superman, but it's important. I also want to preface kind of what we're saying because we, I don't think, we really talked about it as we're getting to this. Is that one thing that Psychobabble is about is that translational piece of looking at research, looking at psychology, and looking at pop culture, and then making it digestible for people who maybe don't look at everyday. Um, like peer-reviewed articles or research on this stuff and just make it fun. Yeah. So um, for our new listeners, I knew our, our, our older listeners will kind of know what we're doing, but with us, that's something that we really want to talk about. So, And one thing that we can do is like with the superhero talk is that it's it's kind of fun to talk about psychology in that sense. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think, you know, we can cover this again a little bit later, but uh, our podcast is not something where you need to have any sort of background in psychology to, to understand what we're talking about and to get our take-home messages. So, you know, we're just ha- happy to, to really do this service where we're taking sometimes complicated information but really boiling it down in a way that is accessible and interesting, hopefully sometimes funny, hopefully entertaining at points. But, yeah, that's what we're trying to do. So, you know, I think why people like the origin story is kind of what you were just saying too, that 
the origin story is a way for us to feel like closer to that character or understand that character more because you often see when you get that origin story that there was a time when the the superhero was you know batman was just bruce wayne mm-hmm. and there were times when they were they were yeah like just like us you know they were struggling through something or experiencing hardship and you know you kind of see how those experiences send them down this path to become who they are but in that origin that's where we find our relation to them and really kind of i think provides a lot of pieces to the puzzle because we often get uh, it, it depends a little bit but i feel like we often get a superhero story where the superhero is already the superhero or you're thrown into the timeline not at the beginning but you might start in the middle or towards the middle and then you backtrack and then they backtrack yeah. and get those prequels so you know it's it's nice one because movie studios like to make money yeah but it's also nice for the viewer because it it adds a lot more to the experience of you know watching uh, a superhero do their thing well I mean I mean I think a perfect example of that um, is Star Wars I'm thinking you know when it first came out um, it was massive right with you know Han and Luke and Princess Leia but that was in terms of George Lucas's whole kind of plot of the story that was the middle segment right that was mm-hmm. episodes four five and six uh, A New Hope um Empire Strikes Back and then Return of the Jedi but then there was so much you know through telling that story and you do hear an origin story right you hear the origin of Luke Skywalker that's his origin story how it come to be um, kind of this master Jedi Knight towards the end of it and his his complicated relationship I don't want to do any spoiler alerts either yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if you don't know there's some stuff that happened there's some yeah. drama if you don't know at this point <laughs> where have you been there's, there's some daddy issues in there <laughs> a lot of daddy issues yeah, yeah. um but, you know, people love that story so much, they needed more, more content. So what did they do? They went back and then they did um, Anakin Skywalker's origin story, who is Luke Skywalker's father. For those of you who don't know, <laughs> that's also uh, later turns to be out, later turns to be Darth Vader. Yeah. So hopefully uh, I didn't spoil that for you. I know, I'm sorry. We have a whole thing on spoiler alerts. And if you know anything about uh, Cody and me, I'm very much need to be... I need to know spoilers, yeah. uh, and Cody doesn't like knowing spoilers. So, but yeah, I just think kind of going back and hearing, okay, let's get some more origin stories. I mean, there's origin stories all around us, either personally or out in like you know, in like pop culture right now. I think the big origin story that's going to come out that's going to be a little different that we've talked about is the Joker movie mm-hmm. with uh, Joaquin Phoenix is doing that. It's getting a lot of great re- uh, reviews and praise, and that's going to be yeah, really very cool excited yeah, for that one. Yeah, it's going to be dope. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's an interesting movie, too, about the Joker and what you were just spoiling our our babblers (laughs) about Darth Vader, which also is father in German. Vader is is father. Is it really? Yeah. So it's been there the whole time? It's been there, right? Oh, George. Yeah. George got us good. He did. I think probably, like, true. I I probably should have known that. I think I have heard that, but, but yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, your German lesson for the day. Uh, <laughs> Danke. Yeah. Uh, so there's, you know, origin stories of superheroes, but villains also get their time too. You know, you were just saying how Anakin Skywalker develops into Darth Vader, the Joker, but the way those stories are told is really interesting too, because with superheroes, you kind of get like the narrative arc in a positive direction where, you know, they might have 
that like a trauma that happened to them and that trauma like Batman fuels their their motivation to become a vigilante or do good but then you also have people like Anakin Skywalker who experience some trauma and then that motivates them in the opposite direction right and so it's really I think interesting from a like a developmental psych perspective we talk about things like equifinality or multifinality where you have these experiences that send you down these trajectories and how uh, certain people can have similar experiences and end up at very different points of their their trajectory so you know the joker movie is really interesting because you know he has the, these experiences and then becomes kind of the 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 master of chaos but you also have characters like Magneto is a really good example where he has a lot of hardship he experiences and even though he's kind of vilified and classified as a villain in the X-Men universe he's still like acting in a way that is trying to do good right that's a good point too because I mean for those of you who don't follow X-Men or uh, follow any of that type of comics at all or Marvel uh, Magneto um, his character his origin story is that he was uh, um he was at Auschwitz, I believe, and during Nazi Germany, right? And he was in a, in a camp, and his parents died, and he had power. So um, he kind of already experienced that whole, like, gentrification. Uh, not gentrification. Uh... Xenophobia. <laughs> well, yeah, xenophobia, <laughs> definitely. No, um, genocide, sorry. Genocide. Of, like, his, you know, his people. He's yeah. Polish, I believe. And yeah. then he saw what it was like to, to kind of be, have a majority culture overtake... Um, his his people. Yeah. He was in a minority culture. Being kind of classified as different. Right. And, and yeah. then and then, you know, go on further on, we hooks up with um Professor X, right? And um he's um kind of fighting along and idealistically they want for the mutant race to um l- be able to live and to prosper, right? But then they have different ways of how they can go about that, right? Mm-hmm. Because of his experience um, in Nazi Germany and the way his people were treated, he's like, there's no way we can coexist. We need to make sure that we basically exterminate all of the humans who aren't mutants because in terms of evolution, this is the next step. Yeah. You know, the mutant race is the next step. And Charles Xavier, who is Professor X, says, I mean, fundamentally, that's not, we can coexist. We can find a way to make this work. But again, it all starts from that origin. How do you become who you are and... And how are you able to identify those things? Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, and I think, you know, as I, I was saying, like there are these, these things, these experiences that happen that send you along these trajectories. And there's actually a little bit of research behind this. Uh, so I want to talk through three different types of life-altering experiences that are used in comic books and movies to tell the the superhero origin story. So. Uh, This all comes from Robin Rosenberg. Uh, He's a clinical psychologist uh, who's written about this topic a lot, so you can definitely uh, check out her work. But the the first one, the most obvious one, that (laughs) comes up very often, and we've talked about it a lot already, is trauma. Yeah, we talked about that with Lisa uh, Core Butler in season one, uh, kind of the idea of a bad day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, So the classic example is Batman. Um, And I think... The, the way that these stories are told, um, the, the viewer really gets a lot out of it because, you know, if you yourself have experienced some type of trauma and it, 
it doesn't need to be like what Bruce Wayne experienced, but knowing that you've had trauma in your youth to see someone like Bruce use that trauma to to cope with it and to, you know, move him in a direction of making something positive out of his life and overcoming some of those struggles that he had early on in his childhood. I think that's a really positive impact and a positive message that viewers can take away if they've had that experience and can really associate more with that character than than people who might not have had uh, similar experiences like that. Yeah, definitely. And his trauma was very young. Um, another character I can think of right now, Spider-Man, Peter Parker, with, you know, his parents passing away, um, depending on which story you're looking at. Mm-hmm. But the big one with him is his Uncle Ben, who was really his his role model, his that father figure in his life who um, who died basically because he was kind of was very neglectful and not stopping the person when he had power. Yeah. But the whole big, the whole thing that's kind of taken from there is with great uh, power comes great responsibility, which he internalizes and uses that. But that traumatic experience for him was was pretty devastating. What makes him into the person who uh, he becomes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's actually um, this might be the biggest psych term we throw out today, but <laughs> there is a, a theory and a concept for this, and it's called post-traumatic growth. And it's the the idea that you have this large transformation that occurs after you've experienced a trauma where, like for Batman, his post-traumatic growth was moving him in, in towards a direction of of helping, of helping people, being more active in the the Gotham community. Gotcha. So uh, this term comes from, actually do a little shout out here, uh, Dr. Rich Tedeschi and Lawrence Calhoun from the University of North Carolina at Charlotte, which happens to be my undergrad. Your alma mater. My alma mater, go Niners. So, um, you know, they, they came up with this term and have been researching it since the mid-90s. And really just the idea that people who endure... Uh, some type of psychological struggle struggle following adversity can often see a positive growth afterward. Yeah, and I think I've heard a lot of people just in my interactions with other psychologists or you people who are going through grad school or something or who are trying to make a change, an impactful uh, change, where you talk about why did you do what you did. And a lot of them have their own personal stories. It's kind of like maybe not as traumatic or anything, but there's something that really influenced them that made them change after that, you know? Yeah, yeah interesting yeah so that is uh the uh the trauma category now we're going to move to destiny uh, the classic example for this is neo and the matrix the idea of keanu reeves the, shout Ke- out to keanu <laughs> babbler keanu <laughs> uh yeah just the idea of the chosen one that like you have you yourself have no autonomy over this but like life has placed you into a position where you are now responsible as this role of being the chosen one. So his origin story is really interesting because at the beginning, I think he he has a hard time accepting this large amount of responsibility that's been placed on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he actually rejected it. Yeah, He didn't want it. Um, he was still trying to figure out kind of his role in this new system that he's in. Again, probably be a little bit of spoilers in this if you haven't seen The Matrix, but um, with Neo... Um, he was very hesitant to take on that role because he wanted to believe what the Oracle told him and he didn't really have a lot of faith in in, in his skill set or whatever mm-hmm. he could do. And uh, as he goes and he starts growing, um, then you start seeing that change in terms of like, okay, I'm going to accept this. I'm going to embrace my destiny. Yeah. But, but you know, I'm also just thinking about 
other characters. Simba is kind of like that from The Lion King too, right? Kind of like born into this position. Yeah. You're gonna be a, you're gonna be king. This is yeah. everything the land touches. Did not think that was where you were gonna go with another reference. No, but, but uh, that's it? fine. I don't yeah, know. no, that's fair. Yeah, he rejects the idea of being this ruler and doesn't want it. He goes to make, he yeah. makes some some bum friends like yeah. Pooh and Timon. Yeah, and then just a, a warthog and a and a little a meerkat, a meerkat, and then look at him. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know what, what you were <laughs> just saying. I just uh, that just totally came to mind. Woo, right yeah. That's not where I thought we would end up, but <laughs> it kind of sounds like Neo might have uh, some imposter syndrome. Oh, totally. Yeah. 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 Well, we were talking about this the other day. We were talking about the episode and um, just uh, kind of how Trinity helps him move along there. And there's a lot of like, a lot of symbolism in there, you know, a lot of stuff's taken from actually Alice in Wonderland too, huh. uh, you know. Follow like, the white rabbit. Yeah, down the rabbit. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then take the pill, the blue pill, the red pill, yeah. you know, a reality versus um, whatever's in your mind, the matrix. Yeah. Well, I think the, the story of Neo, though I would say a majority of us will never find ourselves in the matrix battling, uh, you know, like cyberkinetic robots. and. But what if this is the matrix? Well... Yeah, we'll save that for another episode. Yeah, like Cypher says <laughs> uh, in The Matrix, ignorance is bliss. Yeah, yeah. But I think almost everyone can say that they've been in a position where maybe they've been thrust into a role and given new responsibilities that they maybe didn't want mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or you know, are challenged in ways professionally or educationally, whatever it may be. Or personally. Yeah, personally, where you feel like you don't know what you're doing and you're questioning every every decision you make, every choice you make. And, you know, I think his arc going from someone who is questioning everything and rejects the idea and doesn't like this responsibility to then accepting it and growing from it, I think is a really powerful story because a lot of people can associate similarly. Yeah, and how, how crazy would it be to find out like, hey, you're in charge of all this at one point not knowing when that point's going to be, right? So your your everybody's happiness or everybody's freedom in the case of the matrix is kind of dependent on you and what you can do because without you this this ball ain't rolling, you know? Yeah. And then I think Superman kind of has something like that too a little bit too, right? Mm -hmm. You're destined to become this massive power and entity. Yeah. Um but then in real life thinking about parenthood, I I would kind of say like that too, you know, like you're in charge of this person, make sure that you know, <laughs> their you, livelihood, you yeah. Don't you don't mess this up yeah. and and then how difficult and all those struggles. And I think one thing that Neo does in The Matrix, um, especially in the first one, is that it's not so much about becoming the one. It's about knowing how to function in a role. Because I think he even tells Trinity, he says, I don't know if I can become the one. I don't know if I'm the one. Because at this point, he still doesn't know. But he says, but I do know I can save Morpheus. And I can play my role to make sure that this, this ball keeps rolling, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what he needed to do. Yeah. And that's his journey to becoming the one. But so if you look at the end game every single time, you're it's pretty daunting. You're probably not gonna do really well, right? Yeah. But if you take it piece by piece yeah, and just step try by and step. grow yeah, and just kind of grow from there, then um, you're gonna have a better chance. And just knowing that it's all kind of situational. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, you can cut, copy, and paste that directly into your life. That's really the beautiful part, I believe, about storytelling and about movies Absolutely. is that it's Entertainment is like the tip of the iceberg, but there's so many stories that, that use these similar ideas that I think just they go beyond like, you know, you're just watching this to pass time, but 
you know, the, the, these stories and these characters have meaning for people who are watching them. And, you know, it's really important that we have these origin stories that kind of give us the idea about, you know, what they've struggled with, kind of humanizing them in a way where we can kind of feel empowered in our own lives because we see these characters facing and overcoming those struggles. So that's destiny. Then the third and final category is simply called change. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned earlier. You did you did mention Spider-Man. So yeah. that's a good example here where But I mentioned Spider-Man for trauma, which I think Oh, yeah, he fits both. Right, yeah. So I was thinking like, oh man, did I mess up or jump the gun? But I mean, also like these aren't like binary no, things. No, no, like, no. These things are very complex. And I I think that's actually a really good point when we're talking about just things in general, you know, we want to classify things as, is it a yes or no or a right or wrong? And the world, as we know, is yeah. incredibly complex and there's so many things happening within an ecology yeah. that you really have to take into consideration before you make an informed decision. And the thing is, the decision you make or the choice you make doesn't mean it's going to work. Yeah. Anyways, that's kind of getting ahead of myself, but go ahead and talk about it. No, change. no. So I think the, the three most common words in the field of psychology or phrases are it depends <laughs> it's complicated yeah. it takes time it takes time and maybe maybe so yeah that's your your psych lesson for, for the, the day, day as well yeah so when we talk about change uh we use spider-man as an example there are many many others where uh it's not destiny in the sense that you're chosen and it's not trauma, but you experience something that immediately puts you in a position of power and responsibility. So Spider-Man didn't actively choose to become Spider-Man. He was bitten by a radioactive spider. And then... He got bit. Yeah. And so now, like you said, with great power comes great responsibility. Didn't choose it, but this is your life now, and these are the challenges you have to face. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Captain Marvel, another example. Yeah, like, yeah so... Yeah. With her, she, um, I'm trying to remember, I'm I, not going to lie, I liked the movie a lot, but it was like super late and I fell asleep, but I do remember the beginning mm-hmm. part of it. You could probably talk more yeah. about it because you liked it. Yeah. But she was a human being, right? She was. And then she was on this special mission that had, I think, one of the Infinity Stones elixirs in it, um, and it was kind of an experiment gone array or wrong. Yeah. And it transformed her body into being like a superhuman being. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I, you know, normally you're the one that fact checks the comic book references. I know. So. I know you know this one, so I feel okay. Well, no. So, yeah. So she is in the Air Force and is flying like semi-secret missions. And her kind of supervisor, boss lady, uh, sends her out to fly this plane that has a uh, a weapon on it that I believe was created from the Tesseract. Was it the Tesseract? Um, and the plane... We're going to have some people being yeah, like, you got it wrong. Please, please fact check I'm us. Che- I'm fact checking yeah. this right now, so you yeah, keep talking. We'll, we'll do this while we're on the air right now. Um, so the plane crashes, and the... Uh, let's just call them an alien uh, life form tries to take the weapon... And in the process of them taking the weapon and Carol Danvers defending the weapon, um, it explodes and she is overcome by the kind of reaction from the weapon. You ready? Was I right? It was the Tesseract. Ooh, yeah. Good job. Thank you. (laughs) 10 points for Cody. 10 points for Gryffindor. Yeah. But, you know, these stories, whomever the character may be, 
uh, often there are things that happen in the course of our lives where we have absolutely zero control over them. And like Spider-Man, like Captain Marvel, it's what you do after that happens that really matters. So when you see these stories like Carol Danvers experiencing something she had no control over and then really leading a life of, you know, trying to help people. And, you know, obviously we're not all going to be superheroes, but we do experience things that really alter the course of our life that we have no control over. Um, But it's important that we see these stories that can really show the positive side of how can you take that experience and and do something good with it mm-hmm. and grow from it so well you know, said. yeah if you ever find yourself near like a radioactive spider maybe <laughs> maybe just put your head yeah down and see what happens yeah, just, it could be fun see what happens yeah if anything you'll get a gnarly like battle scar yeah from the spider bite yeah i mean okay. i would i would probably recommend not doing yeah, that I so don't say, don't, don't do come that. back to us and say like well uh, I don't know if you've heard about this podcast, but they told me to get uh, Cody and Roll told, uh, told us to get bitten by a spider, and <laughs> you know we the legal team here at uh, the Psychobabble Studios cannot um, afford health insurance payments. Yeah, or anything. Really. Yeah, do we have a legal team? Uh, we don't, but I was just saying that to prevent lawsuits. And now I just kind of totally messed that up. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Ooh. That's fine. Okay, well, don't get bit by spiders. <laughs> so. The the goal of this episode, you know, we, we've covered a, a briefly a little bit about origin stories, how they're told, why they're important, but we wanted to fold this into the origin story of Psychobabble, especially as we are now being hosted at KZUM Lincoln, uh, that we might be exposed to some people who have never listened to us before. So as we're using this kind of as a bridge episode, to the rest of the season, we want to make sure that you guys get a sense of who we are, what we're trying to do, um, our origin story, and where this podcast is going. So we're going to take a short break and then stay tuned for the origin story of Psychobabble. All right, part two today, like we said before the break, is all about the Psychobabble origin story and a little bit more specifics about how we as humans, not superheroes, tell our own origin story. So there is an entire world, and we're, we're not going to dip into it, but we are going to name drop it, um, called narrative psychology. And it's not something that we practice or learn in our programs or are even that familiar with, but... Us it, personally. Us, us personally, yes. Yeah, we do know people yes. who are very familiar with it. So. Yeah, um, but it does have a lot to say about how we tell our stories and how stories are told and how they can be meaningful. Uh, so we were recently at um, the conference for APA in Chicago. and American Psychological Association. Yes, uh, so we spent several days there presenting and doing doing big stuff. Um, and one of the evenings we were with friend of the show, uh, Jenny Schluter, shout out to her. She kind of, she asked me a question that I don't think I had ever been asked before. I actually don't know this cause that's that, all you there. Yeah, yeah. That kind of had me thinking when I was, you know, doing some of the show notes. So it, it was a simple question, but we were sitting there and she asked me 
what's your story? And I had never, I mean, it's a simple question, but I had never been asked that before. And serious? Yeah. Like I had no idea where to begin. So my head was kind of spinning. Like, you know, you kind of have your own stories that, you know, you might tell uh, a colleague or a boss or a supervisor or a friend or a family member. And you, like kind of shape those stories depending on who you're talking to and what you're talking about and like different parts of your story that you feel safe sharing. Right. And so I'd never been asked that before, but just the, the like mental gymnastics I was doing in my head of like, okay, well what's, what's my story. And then how can I edit that and filter that to tell someone and just going from like, that entire experience it was really it was really weird because i was like well you know it's not like i'm i'm lying or being disingenuous but like you know we all have our own stories and our own experiences and how we tell people about them and what we tell people uh is is really meaningful and really tells you a lot about like your personality and i think can be really informative so from that question... Now I want to ask you what your story is. Well... We don't have I mean... Well, I think that's also like you were saying, how much do you include? Um, do they even really care? Do I want to invest right. in this person? Or, yeah. Or whoever's this audience uh, in terms of them really appreciating what my story is? Right. You know, and we're going to get to our psychobabble story. So hopefully if you're listening, then, you know, we definitely want to share with you all the the nitty gritties and the highs and the lows, which we'll get to, but it's important. The audience mm-hmm. is important. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was kind of the headspace I was in was like, well, <laughs> it, it kind of also reminds me, uh, a friend of the show, Katie Mosher, um, infrequently says that I am secretive, <laughs> which is the, really, you gotta, you Cody has, for those of you who don't know Cody, Cody has a little bit of a, um, I guess people in the program tease you about being secretive, but it's not that actually. Yeah, I, I mean it is a little bit. So okay, so with for instance, with you telling KZUM and submitting the podcast, I didn't know about that. Where some people might say, "Hey, that's secretive." I'm like, "No, you just do things." Yeah, so no, I, it's I, yeah. I think when you say something is is secretive, it implies like there's an intent, a malice. Yeah, to like withhold information yeah that's really funny you brought that up yeah it would just remind me of this too like i you know i'm i consider myself to be like very honest and not like yeah you're also you're also a relatively private person yeah like i i don't like talking about myself in general yeah so that's true i think that you know it's just (laughs) a, a, a topic for another episode um so I had you do a little activity. Well, we both did it. I assigned you some homework this week. You did. And and I did it like right before the show. Yeah. In true Raul fashion, he procrastinated and did it right before it was due. Yeah. But you did it. Yeah. So it's fun. And it got done. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Because it's low stakes. Yeah. It's fun. And actually, I wrote down the key stuff. Yeah. I want to see what you have to ask me to do. I think I know where this this assignment and this project is going to go. But yeah. So part of the way we tell our stories. And like I just said, we choose different things to tell people and the, the kind of process of choosing it really implies like this thing is, is meaningful in some way to you. 
And so you're sharing that meaning with someone else. So the assignment I, I had us do um, is to create a, a timeline of the kind of the history of psychobabble up to this point. Mm-hmm. So what are like the main things, the big events, whatever it may be, that stick out to you to then lead us to here as our origin story? So I could actually kind of want you to go first. You want me to go first? Yeah, because I think since you're new at the at the storytelling game, your own personal narrative storytelling game, I think it's going to be pretty pretty concrete and pretty... I'm actually really excited to hear what you put. Yeah. But I think it's going to be... I'm going to fill in the gaps, I think, with my stuff. Yeah. I, I think, think, I think I, ours are going to be different. Absolutely. Sure. Oh, we're so... If you've listened to other uh, kind of podcasts, too, you'll notice that Cody is very much the brain... And I'm a little bit more of the heart. We both have both. The brain and the brawn. The brain and the brawn. Is that what it, yeah. Is that a thing? I don't know. I don't know. It sounded I, good. Yeah. Just I'm a little bit more like shoot from the hip and you're like, and this, you're, what's your hourglass? Hourglass. <laughs> um, or my guy Roz. Yeah. So actually before I get into this, so there's this fun game that I play that's really going to stoke your anxiety. Oh, God. So this is what I do, you know, like late at night when you have that existential crisis and you're laying in bed and you start thinking about like how you can't sleep (laughs) and then how weird it is that we sleep in general and you just kind of like... (laughs) You know, downward spiral in this crisis. I, I don't think I've ever. Done oh, okay, that. it's just me. I don't know. I mean, I've I've never asked myself why do we sleep in general. Yeah, like how weird is it? Like we just it's close our I'm eyes a... and our body turns off for eight to ten hours, and it's then because I'm a growing boy, Cody. Yeah, yeah. Well, so you know, when I'm downward spiraling like that, um, the the game that I play goes like this. We're learning so much about you. Yeah. So take any significant life event. Okay. I usually choose significant life events. They don't have to be though. But then I start with that event and I walk backwards in time, step by step for each moment, experience, decision that led me to that experience. Okay, yeah. So I keep going back and back and back and back and back. Okay. And then I establish my timeline. Then, and here's where your anxiety will start. I feel like that was more of like a reflective part of it. Yeah. Yeah, No, that's like... I I, I do that all the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So then the game that I play, (laughs) we'll call it Branches, where I take one of those decisions, one of those experiences that led to the, the focal point, and then change it. That decision wasn't made. The other choice was made. I decided to do this instead of that. Oh, and then I reverse reverse the timeline and play it out from there and see how does that end point change? <laughs> do I end up in a different place because of that decision? That sounds horrible. Yeah. And I go like, I mean, I go small, like not like the butterfly effect small, but small, wow. small, small. No, I would not do that because I mean, I've already got like anxiety anyways. So, I mean, I've trained myself how not to do that. Because especially we talked about anxiety before in another episode and, you know, generalized anxiety is kind of like trying to foresee the future without mm-hmm. it even occurring. So this is another form of it where, you know, you the, the situation's already happened, but, you know, you're still kind of going like the what ifs, the what ifs, yeah. right? That, that what if part, yeah. that's the anxiety part, right? Yeah, see, this is why we talked about in the, the spoiler alert episode how I really like the time travel trope because I, that's the game. Like, you know, what happens when you go back and you change a few things and then you let it play out? Does it change where you end up? 
Yeah. Oh, and there's so many. I, we'll have to go into another episode about time travel. That'd be fun. Yeah. But yeah. Well, yeah, you're 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 a monster. I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> yeah. See that that's fine. That's not wrong. <laughs> it's not. It's just you. So my psychobabble timeline, given the preface of that game, so I kind of did it a little bit here, is the the first entry of my timeline. The month was January, and the year was 2016. Oh wow, this is a way way back. Yeah. Which was interview weekend at UNL. Oh, now you're gonna get all mushy. Yeah, no, but like so that uh, for people who aren't our friends who know. Um, so when I came for interviews, I stayed with you. Yeah, we had a interview week's always a big thing in yeah. grad school. So at UNL School of Psychology, we um, host students, and instead of because traveling during interview week sucks, you have to have so many different parts, yeah. so many people. It's so stressful. And... Yeah, and it's really expensive too because most of the time you're applying to maybe it varies from maybe one. That's really weird if it is. It's very odd, and yeah. unusual. But more, I would say like maybe five to ten. Yeah, between there, so it's a lot of money traveling. So our program has an option where people who are going to come to interview the interviewees can stay with a student so it helps with the cost a little bit and we can help with the transportation yeah yeah so and you stay with me yeah yeah so i like these are the things that i know you won't have that are like specific to my timeline yeah but that are like not they're like adjacent to psychobabble but still like without those happening i told myself psychobabble wouldn't happen so i have uh february of 2016 uh accepted to unl july moving to nebraska and then in august first year begins of my program so that was like 2016 this is like the the prologue mm-hmm. to the psychobabble story yeah so then we're gonna skip ahead a couple of years to 2018 mm-hmm. the month is april mm-hmm. and we are going to uh, minneapolis road tripping to present at the Society for Research on Adolescence, SRA. Yep. So we, actually before we, I guess, dive into, should we dive into the details or should we, I should do mine and then, because there's like a reason why the road trip was listed. (laughs) Yeah, and actually I have that one on my thing too. I think go through your timeline and then I actually don't have dates like you do. So I think it'll be nice to just yeah. kind of have this timeline. And then I'm probably going to fill in the gaps, too, with where things change. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. We're, see, uh, we also have a, a joke that PhD stands for figure it out. Figure so right out, now yeah. we're we're doing that. We're, so we're, we're shooting from the hip, right? Yeah, now. yeah. April, SRA trip. Then in May, May 2nd, specifically, episode one, I, imposter syndrome drop. I knew you would look that up. Yeah. yeah. The official release date. Um Shortly after that, on May 18th, the current Psychobabble logo that you and our our lovely babblers are familiar with uh, was created by yours truly, and we started using it on that date. So that's the thing I decided to include. Then over to June, June 1st, 2018, we released our first guest episode which you mentioned earlier with Dr. Lisa Court Butler from the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. I also have that on my timeline. A big milestone for us. Um, Then on June 25th, 2018, we gained our first international listeners. Oh, wow. So I included that because Psychobabble went global at that point. 
Then, yeah, then uh, in August, August 9th, we reached 1,000 downloads that was big. from season one. That was big. That was big. So then I have a time gap, and we jump to 2019. This is July, just a few months ago, July 12th, season two, episode one, Imposter Syndrome drops. Mm-hmm. We redid the episode. Yeah, we redid the episode for season two. Then... Um, along with that, um, I included our friends over at Anchor and our first sponsorship. Mm-hmm. That was big. Yeah. Yep. Then on July 18th, kind of an arbitrary date, but we got our first swag, which were the stickers. Mm-hmm. So that was a big step because we, the stickers have really worked well for us. And the buttons too. Yeah. And the buttons, all Dude, the swag that we've been handing out. Those teal blue buttons are like really hot right now. Yeah. I mean, it's, we, it's so hot right now. We, dude, we dropped them off at, um, at the KZUM, um, kind of studio. Right. Yeah. And not thinking much. And we came back to it and they're like, they're almost all gone. Oh no. In my head when you were doing it and you spent like 15 minutes setting it up for a nice picture, I was like, those are so many buttons. No one's going to take them. They're just going to sit there. <laughs> and then we come back and like 90% of them are gone. They're gone. Yeah. People, people grab the swag. Yeah. Yeah. It worked out. So, after that, we jump to August, uh, August 29th. Um, actually, okay, so we traveled to APA, mm-hmm. and then following that was our announcement of our partnership with KZUM. Mm, huge. Very, very important in our timeline. Very big. Then September 8th, 2019, which is today, which is us recording our first episode of season 2.5 or our first episode with KZUM. So that's my timeline. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have dates. <laughs> but, I, was, I was thorough. Yeah, I mean, but you are. Yeah. You know, I'm more of a, like I said, uh, I think there's different things that remind me. I think this now we can, I think it's a perfect timeline to tell you the truth. I think it highlights all of, like the major benchmarks in Cycle Babble. Um, but one thing that you didn't do is you didn't talk about certain spots in there. Yeah, yeah, so, so we think, can dive into yeah. some of those they're not just random events, but why they were actually yeah. important. So, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, I mean, you come into the program is massive because, you know, is, I've, I've been very lucky in this program to have some really great friends, but our relationship's very, very tight. And there's a lot of trust and building that happened over the course of the yeah uh, our programming that I think has led us to be able to collaborate and just really uh, go on this journey. You know, I made that really sincere post. Did you read it? I did. It I was said, very sincere. So you're like my cycle. What did I say? I forgot what I said too. I remember it was really like touching though. Yeah. I was very emotional. I wrote it. Get emotion, heart. Yeah. Um, so that was important. But in terms of my origin story, the first thing I have was <laughs> driving on the way back from the SRA uh, conference in April. I think it was like April 21st. Um, and backstory to that is that you had been wanting to do something creative. You know, we've been... Yeah dabbling we've been playing music together and yeah a big part of my i don't know if we'll call it like a flaw or just a character trait is my, one of my biggest fears in life is stasis it's like not growing not developing so i you know i'm always looking for ways to push myself or learn something try something new and so you know we were doing that where we would like meet up and play music but you know just trying to find creative Outlet. Outlets. Yeah, especially in grad school, like, this is what you are, PhD students. It's, yeah. 
you got to find something that's really healthy outside of like I don't know going to bars and partying and doing yeah. stuff like for us it's kind of like let's just be creative yeah um, but the thing that I say that going to bars and stuff but the things that your first idea that I remember at least was you want to do like a version of drunken history yeah yeah well yeah. so like for <laughs> what was psychology for more yeah so for more <laughs> information to expand on that so one I I always just really liked watching drunk history because it's funny but I think part of the the early stage of this podcast where we really landed with our our mission and what we're trying to do is we would realize I think you know we would be hanging out with like at my house or we would be at you know a bar somewhere and just talking and I think slowly realize like we're having these conversations that are about our field or about things we're we're learning or experiencing and you know they're they're really important and to us and maybe other people will find them important too and so how can we do that in a way that reaches people also you and me are pretty good about just talking and just not really thinking about you know is what we're saying completely accurate i think us talking things out is a really great way for us to learn and not be afraid because we trust each other that's, mm-hmm. that's that, that big piece but we banter really good or some might say we babble we babble we, we do babble. Well. Yeah. So so that was nice, right? Mm-hmm. So on the way back, so I was like, okay, cool. Drunk history is a great idea. It's funny. But also we have to apply to internship and I don't want to be out there like drunk and and on video. And then it just doesn't look, it's not good for the look, especially if we work with kids and stuff. So, yeah. so the next thing we did off when we're going driving back home from SRA from in Minnesota in 2018 was we started listening to a, podcast that friend of the show um meredith martin mm-hmm. had recommended to us also been a guest on the show yeah and one thing that was really funny about it was well okay so we i just say it yeah the podcast name was uh my dad wrote a porno it was a hilarious podcast about a guy's dad who is like in his 60s or something he, they're out of like in england or something mm-hmm. and he has his two friends and his they found out that his dad wrote erotica literature yeah and like no one knew about it it was like his side hustle that i don't really know what he was getting out of it but but he's completely in touch with the female experience (laughs) but it's just really funny so they read them out loud on air or in their podcast and then their two friends comment on the the writings and they just have a laugh so we were laughing the whole way yeah it was great but i think that's when you're kind of like this is something we can do we can do a podcast yeah yeah and i think you know we are both avid podcast listeners like many of you are because you're listening to this right now um and i think what something that was really important for me and i think you agree with this too is you know there's a lot of podcasts out there where it's just like people who have like really no direction in their podcast they just like show up sit down and like drink and shoot the shit for an hour and then that's an episode and i think for us as this started shaping up and we were thinking about you know what we want to do with with this podcasting thing and this tool uh, was really finding ways that we can talk about really important things to start start these conversations about mental health and psychology mm-hmm. and be able to, to teach people things and to learn things ourselves um, but always having a, a direction that you know we're we're trying to 
do something to give back to our community through this tool. I mean, that translational research part is really important. I think it's actually a fundamental core piece of Psychobabble, talking about research and making it accessible. I think I mentioned that earlier. We've talked about it. But also, that's something that we learned from our professor, Dr. Susan Swear, who is a complete badass. And, you know, I want to give a special shout out to her because she really supported us from day one with everything that we've been doing. And we can't wait to have her on the show. She's already, we're trying to figure out the dates to have Sue on here. Um, we call her Dr. Sue at the Born This Way Foundation. Mm-hmm. So, um, But it's what a, what a great way to, hey, hey, here's, we have this idea. This is what we want to do. And she's like, go ahead, go do it. This sounds great. I love it. And it's really nice to have that kind of support. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that really highlights something that we we really strive for in Psychobabble is highlighting people in, in the community that are doing important work, important research. Uh, so like we said before, we had Dr. Lisa Court Butler, who's a professor of sociology at UNL. Uh, we had Dr. Meredith Martin, who is a former, former faculty from the University of Nebraska, now at Syracuse. Um, we're, we'll have Dr. Sue on very shortly. And we really want to highlight there are a lot of awesome people in Lincoln doing really cool research and practice. Yeah. And, you know, we want to take those people who are experts in these different areas and have them connect with our babblers because you know, y'all are a part of this community and it's important for us to connect our, our researchers with the, the community because ultimately it's what you do with that knowledge and that research that really matters. And so that's, we can kind of be the middleman in that way. And, you know, maybe if you're not in Lincoln, Nebraska, maybe you're one of our international listeners, you know, we still want to bring some sort of content that is relevant yeah. to your life that you can listen to and that you can use or that you can laugh with us or maybe cry with us or be vulnerable with us. Um, one thing is that, you know, we are authentic people and we care about what we're doing and we're not always going to have the right answers or or know the, or say things perfectly. I know I definitely won't do that, but we're going to be our authentic selves mm-hmm. and you can definitely um, call us out if you ever feel like we're not being authentic. Um, so, yeah. yeah. With that, I'm going to keep going on with my timeline real fast. Um, so... We recorded our first episode on imposter syndrome on May 2nd. I did have that too, uh, but it felt appropriate. You know, It felt like we had no clue what we were doing, and I really felt like earlier on uh, you did a lot of the heavy lifting. I mean, you still kind of do a lot of the heavy lifting, but um, I feel like more with the marketing stuff, I'm going to be able to do better with that kind of stuff. But um, that summer after May, we, we started off, it was fun, and everything was going really well, and then we had a really big tragedy in our program. Um, and in our personal lives where we lost a really close loved one. And that was really difficult for me, kind of continue on talking about mental health and then having my own mental health issues with losing one of my best friends in the program. And and it was just really difficult. On top of that, I was doing comps too. I started comps in June. And for those of you who aren't familiar with the doctoral process, in order to, to move on to doctoral candidacy, you start off as a PhD student, doctoral student, and you have to finish a round of comprehensive examinations so that you can move on to become a doctoral candidate, which means that you can officially start working your dissertation. It's a very stressful. Yes. Very stressful. Actually, Cody just finished this past summer. Yes, along great. With, with a lot of a uh, couple of other our psychobabble friends, but it's really intense, and it's it was just a really weird headspace. So I feel like psychobabble was very important for me in terms of giving me an avenue uh, to kind of release and do something creative and fun 
but it was also really hard to stay consistent and on, mm-hmm. like true with it because there was a lot going on. Yeah. And I think it, it really started as like kind of an experiment to just see what do we have? Yeah. yeah. What, what really happens? What, what is this like? And you know, w- with no experience podcasting, just diving headfirst into the deep end. Yep. Yep. The other thing that I have written down is actually the Lisa Cor Butler episode for me in terms of an origin I think that's the that's the one episode where I really felt that we had something special to share with our community. Yeah. It was the one thing I'm like, holy shit, that was a really good episode. The only thing that sucked is our sound sucks. So we're yeah. still trying to figure that out. Yeah. I think we have that figured out now though. Yes. Thanks, KZUM. Yeah. Um so that was really great to have um, you know, um her, that experience with, with Dr. Court Butler. And I really want to get her back on the show. I think we need oh, to Oh yeah, it's back. happening. Yeah. We, I think we we're going to figure that out. Um, and then once school started, I think you said, we, you mentioned we had a break. Mm-hmm. Um, feel free to jump into if you have some other things you want to add, but I just kind of felt like I was burnt out, you know. Um, again, life happens. Yeah. And on top of all that happening early in the summer, my dad actually had a heart attack in August of that, of 2018. Um, so I was just all over the place. I was like, oh, man, I just, you know, it kind of just fizzled out. Mm-hmm. I think is what I wrote down. And... Um, and at that point, I thought I kind of thought we were just over. Like, yeah. oh, cool. it was a, it was a fun little project we did for the summer. Yeah, well, I think you know, there's a stat on on podcasting, and it's uh, like a majority of podcasts stop before they reach 20 episodes. So I think for a lot of people, it it starts out as like an exciting idea, or you have you know like one really specific thing you want to do, but as you have to continue producing content you do kind of burn out or you run out of ideas or you lose the motivation or life happens, whatever it may be. Uh, and so it, it does kind of fizzle out. But so that's what happened when we started that school year. But then a few things happened uh, a little bit later, which kind of led us to now where we are. Yeah, well, I think I just jumped all the way ahead to uh, when um, UNL posted that thing about the top six student uh, podcast, right? Yeah. We talked about it earlier in the season, but what had happened was we weren't on that list, but they didn't know about us too. So I jokingly just kind of tagged you on it. And I said, Cody, I guess they've never heard of Cycle Babble. Yeah. And they were super cool and they added us to the list. <laughs> they, they did. And they number said, seven. Yeah, number seven. We were number seven. We made it. We totally like snuck our way on there and um, total imposter syndrome, I think, on that one. But... Um, I think that was really just the catalyst that we needed to be like, dude, let's 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 do this. Yeah, I'm in a different headspace. Yeah. You're in a different like we're all. I don't know. It just seems like it was ready to work, and that's what got us back doing mm-hmm. the recording again. Yeah. So yeah, thank you, and yeah. yeah. Whoever wrote that article. Yeah, um, I'm sure. I'm sure I could figure out. Yeah. Hopefully, we've moved up the rankings a little bit now. So yeah, and I think you know, meeting with Ryan this past week, you know, seeing. Uh, well, I think putting the application mm-hmm. and then you having that and then you telling me, Hey, I think this might happen. Cause you told me at APA actually. Yeah. This on the might, way there. Yeah. You told me this might be a thing, but I'm not sure, yeah. but I submitted an application to do this public partnership podcasting with KZUM and, uh, they seem like they might be into us. Yeah. And I was like, Holy, like, that's awesome. That's crazy. And I was super excited about it. And, and with this opportunity and now we're here. Yeah. Yeah. We made it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think, you know, like we've talked about a lot, we 
really, really like that this podcast is kind of a creative outlet because you don't get that a lot. You don't get to be really creative in the world of graduate student life. And so I think it was important, like as the first season was kind of an experiment to see what happens. Um, I think we found out as we got deeper into the episodes and figured out our style a little bit more that we had something here, but like there are so many podcasts out there that, you know, is this something that we want to do where, you know, only like our friends and our family are listening to, or can we find ways to reach more people? Because, you know, there's so many podcasts out there, but there's not a lot of podcasts talking about psychology, talking about mental health, some of these hard topics that really need a lot of conversation around them. I think people maybe are, are too afraid or don't have the the experience and the knowledge that we have or the network we have to to bring people in who do have that expertise. And so I think, you know, partnering up with KZUM in this way is really going to be um, a catalyst for a lot of important things we can do with the show. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking just in terms of people who have been really supportive and gotten us here, want to give a quick shout out to them too, which would be, I mean, of course, we said Dr. Susan Swear mm-hmm. and add to this list. But I'm thinking Mike Shield and the department, UNL Department of Education, Educational Psychology. Um, they've been very supportive and they're super excited about what we're doing too. So I think hopefully we'll be able to highlight some of the researchers there who want to come and talk with us. Um, yeah. Our friends and family have been yeah. really supportive. Wife of the show. Wife of the show. How did I forget very her? Very supportive. I guess that's not my job to no. take her. Yeah. No. no. Well, what we can do here, we're going to take a short break, then... Stay tuned because we will do our recurring segment of what's making us happy this week to close the show. Perfect. All right. Thanks again to our babblers for sticking through with us to the very end of the episode today. Um, So our final segment is going to be uh, what's making you happy this week. This was... Uh, something that was started by uh, Linda Holmes from Pop Culture Happy Hour and uh, the blog Monkey C over at NPR. Um, I, I th- think it's a really cool idea just to, you know, from a, a positive psychology approach, just highlighting what's what's good going on in our lives. So, Raul, what's making you happy this week? Um, a few things. Um, more recently today. I had my first assist to you, I think, in soccer, and I headed the ball to you, as I said earlier in the show. <laughs> Use the noggin. Use the noggin, and it was a sweet goal, and I said, I felt my confidence go up, so that was really cool. Um, but more importantly than that, I think, than the goal, which was really sweet goal. Yeah, hey. Should've, should've been there. It's the small things sometimes. Um, I got to actually officiate my second wedding. Yeah, yeah. that is really cool. Yeah, uh, my friend, uh, Dr. Heather Schwartz. And- Shout out. My close friend, Paul Roskowski. I actually messed up their name <laughs> at the very end of it. Um, so like I said, that wasn't uh, perfect, hey, but it was fun yeah. to marry them. They still got married. So. They still got married, um, but I love them to death. And it was just a beautiful, beautiful wedding. They have great families. And Heather is a local mental health practitioner in uh, the community. And I think we're going to have her on relatively Definitely. soon to talk about just you know mental health with kids and how to get access to it and kind of some things. So... Uh, that was that was a really cool, cool moment. And also, I got to spend time with my friend 
uh, Megan Bertholtz for her birthday. She just turned the big 30, the 3-0. The big 3-0. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I want to give a shout-out to her because happy birthday. Because I didn't tell her happy birthday, I don't think, oh. at all. I did. I spent time with her. Actually, I didn't tell you what I did. So she loves cheesecake, and I love cheesecake. But it's hard to find a good cheesecake <laughs> in Lincoln. Yeah, there's so no cheesecake factory. There, here. There's one place I think is oh, – I got to remember um, – because from the show, Annie told me about it. Um, anyways, I couldn't, they were closed. I couldn't find anything. It was about eight o'clock. And I went to Fazoli's. I never told you this yet. I went to Fazoli's and I'm like, hey, <laughs> I need, do you sell like your cheesecake, uh, like a whole pie? And wow. it was really, I mean, it was a really good. I like the cheesecake. It's pretty. It's like the best cheesecake ever, but yeah, it's a New York style. Cheesecake. When you're doing a last minute cheesecake run it's, at eight o'clock at night, it's really good. It's, it's good. I mean, I could have gone to like a Hy-Vee or to a oh, Super yeah, Saver or a store to got to get one. Yeah, but this is actually really good. So they said the only way they would do it is if they sold me each pie uh, pie individually, but still kept it together. So I'm like, go for it. So I ended up spending like fifty bucks uh, on this pie because she loves cheesecake. So I figured, here you go. So that's her birthday gift. So all right, uh, cheesecake. So. Yeah. That you was, you heard it here, folks. Yeah. First, right? Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what I did. I went to <laughs> Fasoli's at like eight thirty and bought a pie. Yeah. yeah. Your so, bank account may not be feeling happy. But, no, no, it's okay. Though. But you are. I mean, it's like, a good I, helping I, out a friend. Well, yeah, and I was it was a special thing. I would have spent fifty bucks yeah. on her anyway. Um, but yeah, and also I dogsit it so recently, and I got I got paid some nice grilla. You did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I dogsit it for you. Those who don't, I dogsit for Cody when yeah. he's out of town. So. Oh, it's you? Yeah. You're the dog sitter? I'm the dog sitter, yeah. I'm the dog sitter. It sounds like a bad Nicolas Cage movie. Or like, yeah, a bounty hunter like show or something. Yeah. Dog. Yeah. The... Oh, dog the... Yeah. The... Yeah. Anyways, what's making you happy? Um, Let's see, a couple of things. Um, I think first and foremost, just being here recording this, getting in the studio and kind of ready to, to jump off and move forward with Psychobabble and our partnership with KZUM. Um, that's definitely making me happy. I, you know, also very similar, but, you know, getting back in and playing uh, a soccer game, mm-hmm. I think it's always, it's good. Like, you know, it's something I love, but as you get older, it becomes harder to find ways to play. So, uh, you know, getting back in with our team and having a game today, I know I'm going to be a little bit sore in the morning, but, definitely worth it um you know i think outside of that just trying to think of things i have been like reading or watching listening to recently that oh let me think about teen titans 2 just came out on dc and i'm pretty excited about that i haven't seen it yet but i'll have to find a way to yeah that's waiting for you yeah um, so one thing I really like, so I am a big fan of horror movies, something we talked about in season one, but I'm also a, an even bigger fan of really bad, scary movies. <laughs> uh, so there, I recently watched, uh, I believe on Hulu, it's a movie called Mom and Dad. That sounds horrible. And it stars Selma Blair and Nicolas Cage. The, the premise of the movie is that all of the parents in this community go crazy and try to murder their specific children. 
And it is just a, I mean, it's Nicolas Cage, so it's him like <laughs> way overacting and like doing his Nicolas Cage thing. And it's just ridiculous, but really funny. So okay, definitely check that out if you are in any way interested in bad, scary movies. That sounds horrible. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, you know, you've heard from us from what's making us happy this week. And hopefully you've learned a little bit about uh, superheroes and origin stories and learned about what we're trying to do with this podcast. We really appreciate you tuning in and listening to us for an entire episode. Hopefully you come back for future episodes. We have many, many exciting things planned for the rest of the season. Um, If you don't know, uh, you can always find us at kzum.org slash psychobabble. That's exciting. Um, You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Yeah, yeah. We're starting to get more swag in. So if you follow us, we can let you know how to get some swag. I know some people have been emailing me and and, uh, getting it, sliding in our DMs for for getting stickers and buttons. And so, yeah, that'd be cool. Also, one thing. I think this will be posted by then, but if you're local, I think we might do like a tailgate to kind of highlight our achievement because it's important to celebrate, you know, milestones along the way. And this is a big one for us. So I think we're going to do a little tailgate for Nebraska football on Saturday. So get in touch with us. We'll tell you where we are. You can meet us and tell us what you'd like, don't like. Yeah. So always open to feedback. Yeah, always. Yeah. Well, until next time. Cheers. Smoochie boochies. (laughs) 